So here I am, happy, excited, energetic, and you know, wearing my maroon suit and waiting. It's 10 o'clock. Only five people came and 10 people came. I said, what the hell is going on? I sponsored 60 seats, paying the money to hotel, only 20 people came. I remember that was one of my lowest point of my life. I went in the corner when they all went for the break. I went in the corner of the hall. I still remember. I literally had tears in my eyes. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Explorers and this is your host Manakshi Srivastava aka My Boho Voyage. For this episode of Inspiring Explorers, we have an inspiring explorer who despite coming from a very humble background, worked in a job for 16 years and changed more than 8 companies to reach to the point of earning rupees 3.5 lakhs per month in his corporate job. But later, he quit his 9 to 5 rat race to follow his passion and build a business around his passion to become a first generation millionaire within 29 months of quitting his job. This inspiring personality is none other than Dave Gadwi. Born into a humble family where his father was a truck driver and mother a homemaker, he could not find jobs even in PPOs easily due to his broken English. Today, Dave Gadwi is an international speaker, twice best-selling author, TEDx and Josh Talks speaker, first-generation millionaire and founder of India's first passionpreneur mastermind. I'm Minakshi Srivastava, your host for Inspiring Explorers, and I welcome you to the show Inspiring Explorers. Each week, I'll be interviewing some of the most successful personalities who will share with us their inspiring life journeys and some of the interesting travel experiences that are not limited to sightseeing. Guys, make sure you share this episode with your friends. Please do subscribe, follow, give a 5-star rating, and hopefully a review. And also don't forget to come say hi to me on Instagram at the rate myboho-voyage. Now, before I start this episode, let me inform you that we recorded this interview during the COVID-19 lockdown and hence the recording was done remotely. We were both sitting in our houses and recorded it online. So please don't mind the background noises and I hope you still enjoy it. So without any further delay, let me welcome our amazing guest for today, who is an international speaker, twice best-selling author, TEDx and Josh Talk speaker, first-generation millionaire and founder of India's first passionpreneur mastermind, Dev. Kadvi. Welcome to Inspiring Explorers, Dave. So happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. And Namaskar. Hello to everybody, whoever is watching this. <laughs> yes, Namaskar. All right. <laughs> so, Dave, firstly, congratulations on becoming a millionaire and that too during the COVID times. Yeah, just like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Like when everybody is getting panicked about all of the stuff and then you hit the millionaire mark. So like, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. So uh, to begin with, Dave, uh, like talking about being a millionaire, most of the people think that to become a millionaire, we need to have a strong family background or come mm-hmm. from a business background or have, you know, rich parents. So was it like that with you? What was your story like? Very good question. And it, that's absolutely nonsense and bullshit, <laughs> but it's absolutely nonsense. I had the plain background, like you see in the back from my family background as well. So all the people who, who think that, you know what, you need to have family background and you know, your generation has to be your, your fathers and forefathers needs to be entrepreneurs. Not at all true. You know, it is funny story. One of the, one of my colleague asked me, Dave, you are a good Jew and Gujaratis are known for being a businessman, like how Marwadis and, you know, other, you know, uh, uh, people are known for business. 
why are you not doing business? You're still in job. So I told him, I think I am not original Gujarati. <laughs> so I told him, I'm a fake good Jew. So he just laughed at it. I said, I'm a good Jew was meant to just work, work, work. Um, but I realized that I think the success, the money, the, the growth, it does not have to be dependent on where you come from. If you see 80% of the millionaires in this world, they are self-made with no rich history. True. So what does that tell us? It tells us that, that finding the, the success or achieving the success, not finding success, but achieving the success and having success come to you, it has nothing to do with your past. It has everything to do with your present because you can't control the future. You can't dwell on the past. Only thing that you have is present. So if you just focus on the present and be conscious about whatever you're doing right now, if that adds value to other people, it brings more uh, value to the marketplace and you solve more problems. That's about it. So I don't think the, the background really matters. Definitely. That's a beautiful answer. So like, uh, what was the challenges that you faced, you know, being uh, like you came from a humble background and uh, you said you had problems with English. I saw in one of your Josh talks. So you said you had problems in English, but your parents went ahead from being in that environment and you know, getting you into the convent education. And I even heard that your mother had to sell her jewelry to do so and she was really persistent. So what was that story about? Well, that's very interesting. That is a very interesting story because my accent was something like this <laughs> and my, my pronunciation of you know, snacks would sound like snakes. And you know, all the funny, funny story, funny, funny part aside, um, the upbringing, I would say we had a lot of challenges. Uh, my father was a truck driver. We lived in a house which was very uh, small and the roof of the house was made of a cement sheet, which is the asbestos. Uh, that is all right. I think the, the most interesting part, the most challenging part was not getting influenced by other people who are living around your house because our house was in a poor neighborhood. And all the people, imagine you're waking up every day and you always hear people shouting, abusing, fighting. Every evening, you know for sure that there's something happening outside. Our house was a corner house. So you can, you know, from the window, we can always hear them fight and abuse and all those things. But I think the, the best part was my mom. My mom was a very solid lady. And she made sure that we don't mingle with anybody. I remember one incident and I, I, I don't think I've shared it with anybody. And I was very small. I don't remember like five or seven. I don't know what age it was. Um, and I heard some other people, you know, talking from this thing and this thing. And I went to my mom and I said, mom, mom, these guys are saying like this. And I used some MCBC, some, some words. And my mom said, what, what did you say? <laughs> one slap. You are not supposed to use those words and bad language. I said, but mom, it's not me. They are saying it. I said, let them say it. You are not supposed to say it. So that was the upbringing that I had. Um, so luckily that I had lovely mom, right? For, for many years, we did not even have the, the toilets in our home. 
we used to go to the public toilet which was filthy which was staying and half broken doors it'll be surrounded by the pigs my god is a horrible horrible thing but but growing up i would still say i was blessed you know why because given the circumstances and the situations my mom and dad my dad was really caring and very humble person he used to give a lot to other people he will not even care if he has money in his pocket or not so because of i think my mom and my dad the upbringing the challenges actually did not feel like challenges it felt like well i think that's the way of life it is only when we came to the metro cities and other cities we started seeing that when that actually was not a great life to we were living but thanks to my mom and dad the challenges did not feel like challenges well i i see so many videos of your mama and i really you know And I feel yeah, so my mom, my mom has become an icon in our family. You know why? Because my mom was the one who fought against all the relatives who were saying that do not send your kids to an English medium school because you know your your husband is a truck driver. You will go broke. बोलते ना हिंदी में सड़क पे आ जाओगे. Yeah. Literally, you'll, you'll go on. You know, you'll get on road, and they will also even if let's say they they study well, but they will leave you. They make money, and they'll not even talk about it. So don't send them to English medium school. So she was, she is an iron lady of our family, and you know she used to say this to our relatives that look, you know whatever you say today, we will do whatever our best. We will borrow money, we'll do whatever we can, but we will send them to an English medium school, and you will see there will be a day that will come. There is a chalk in in our village, right? so we call it you know jab you know you will see one day that both my sons their cars will be parked in this chalk and you will see some day and fast forward today it is not just the cars that our cars parked in the neighborhood in the poor village that we had uh but now my mom she parks her own car she learned how to drive a car at 58 that is unbelievable to me wow. that she is like when she goes and drives the car in the village all the old you see how old people are there just sitting on the choraha and all that yeah. village they will just yeah. is that a lady driving a car <laughs> so <laughs> yeah my mom is really really powerful it's like an icon like everybody appreciate her for how visionary like we talk about visionary vision is not just about being sure. a steve job and mark zuckerberg or ambani you can be a housewife who can have a vision for your family and your kids that i'm going to give this the best to my kids and then you know one day they will study so going from where they are she did not make decision based on where they were but she made a decision based on where she wanted her family to be i think all the people are listening in i think this is one of the profound lesson that i've learned from my mom also from my mentor that don't make a decision from where you are right now they make decision based on where you want to be so whether it is me my life my business i always think about this okay what would i do 5 years from now and what kind of decision would i take okay let me take it right now so i think that's the big lesson i learned from my mom so like your mom is actually a you know a role model for everybody like not just uh, the elderly or the mothers everybody can learn from your mom yeah. to you know not give up be persistent be a visionary and despite all the odds she did her best to you know what she could do yeah you mean today like very brave as well by the way she actually sent us you know kids when we just finished our schooling and all you know no no you go yourself you know do yourself so she made sure that we are independent not always holding what in a mark up pallu pakad ke and all that she made sure that we were <laughs> dependent on her she made us independent that you know even we uh, after finishing my college you know i was coming to mumbai 
I didn't really know where am I going except for one or two relatives that I had in Mumbai. Um, new city, no idea what to do and all, but my mom, like, I know you will find your way. So go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And she is a lovely lady. Nice. Like, I can get the vibes to the video. I saw one in uh, that passion preneur group. And then I was like, wow, that gave me chills. Like, what a strong lady. <laughs> yeah, she is powerful. She's powerful. Yeah. All right. So talking about man- manifestation, you know, uh, in your book also, you write about losing the time and precious time that you had and not realizing and being mediocre. So how does one get out of that mediocrity? How does one, you know, get into this path of entrepreneurship if they want to and how to take that leap of faith? Mm, mm. Look, um, that's a very important question. And, and trust me, people are worried about Corona, that Corona is, you know, a danger, 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 which is also danger. We should be safe physically. True. But what about the, the danger that has been there for many years, which has been eating away our futures. This is called the disease called mediocrity. And that is what I wrote in this book, 80% mindset, 20% skills. Yes. And I feel that the big problem that we will face is not poverty right now. The poverty, you know, people will improve and they will, they will grow faster than, you know, others because the economy is growing and everything is growing. Definitely that, that also requires attention. But I think if we support middle-class communities, who have just the formal education and they want to grow in life, but they don't know what to do. The mediocrity is the virus that we all need to kill. Now I'll give you my example, right? I come from a humble background. My father was a truck driver. So I always knew hard work, hard work, hard work. Right. And I used to always compare that I'm doing good because look, look at my father. Like I am much better than what my father was. And my benchmark was at least I'm not driving a truck. And, you know, whole night being awake and five, seven days of just driving, driving, driving. At least I'm sitting in an AC office, man, and I'm making calls. That's about it. What an amazing life. And then I got to a point where I was making three lakh a month. So I thought I made it like, oh, three lakh rupees a month. Nobody's making it. I'm happy. I have a car. I have a family. Yeah. That was the, the shift that I had in my thought process then that I realized that, you know what? There is no fulfillment. I am doing things which I'm not passionate about. I do not have time freedom and I do not have fulfillment. So what is the point of life? Imagine if today you are having like gold bars. Imagine just the gold bar sitting in front of you, right? It's probably worth hundred million. Would you be happy? I'm sure. Everybody will be happy if you have so many gold bars. Imagine it's legally earned, not illegally earned. You're not robbed <laughs> bank or something. You're not going to Dubai and rob them. Imagine you have, yeah. you know, 100 million worth of gold bars sitting in front of you. And if I give a choice that, you know, would you be happy if I give them? Like everybody will say, yes, it's a legit business, it's legit money. Very happy. But if I give a context that, but you will not have freedom and you will be caged in that with your hundred million gold bars forever. Would you like it? What the hell am I going to do with hundred million gold bars? I cannot eat it. I'll be in a bar. Even if we give you food, even if we give you all the liberty, you give you television, cell, cell phone, but you cannot go outside or you can't go anywhere. You see, by just imagining that situation, how horrible this is. Now in the Corona situation, a lot of people can imagine that literally they have been caged. They're getting paid. 
but they're not able to move around. But now you amplify that situation by putting the reels, you know, the bars and cell that you cannot move outside. That is mediocrity. Having money, having, having you, know, all, you know, everything like health, family, but you do not have the freedom to do what you want, when you want, how you want. You will, inside only you'll feel the pain. And I don't know if people, if you guys are listening to this, I hope you can relate to this feeling. That is the feeling I had. Hmm. You are in an old cage, but what is the point? You're still in the cage. So that is mediocrity, what it does, um, you know, at least to me, it made me realize that I lost 13 years of my life doing what I'm not passionate about. Of course, it is a process. I grew, I learned a lot of things. I improved my English eventually, and I got my promotions and I got hikes and all those things. So it is fine. I'm not, I'm complaining, but is this why we are born just to earn money, pay the bills and die? Well, I would have been a stone of the wall. Right? Because of the meaning. Almighty or God has given you a you know, birth of being human beings. But if you're living without your passion, which you're living without knowing what's your purpose, you don't know why you're born. And if you're brainlessly, I call them a lot of people HLCs. HLCs, headless chickens. Like if you're running like headless chicken, what's the point of life? Right? You need to become human. And that's why God has blessed you. So this is one of the big realization that I had. And ever since I had that realization, what did I do? I just started learning from the coaches, mentors, and gurus and started finding what is my true potential? What is the meaning of life? And ever since then, my life has just changed. And this is the reason why I also wrote after the mindset book, I said, mindset is first, but then it's not enough. You need to get the freedom, which is a six days a week. So I wrote both these books. Um, you know, for the people who want to have a great mindset as well as they want to have a six Sundays a week life. So I believe mediocrity is the number one enemy that everybody needs to fight and win in their own life, not the Corona, but the mediocrity. Definitely. And when you talk about, uh, you know, taking that leap of faith in becoming an entrepreneur, like they want to get out of this mediocrity, but then, uh, you know, they listen to mentors, they listen to motivational speeches, they get motivated. And then a little bit of roadblock comes in their life and they get demotivated back again and they give up. So any yep. such incident ever happened in your life, the challenges while becoming an entrepreneur. So how did you cope up with that? And how should <laughs> others do that too? That's very interesting. So I remember there were several moments in my life which actually shook me and like, man, am I doing right thing? Is it the right thing for me? Did I make a right decision? Like you start doubting. I don't know if you have those incidences, but you know, those moments when you start doubting your decision that am I doing right thing? Am I meant to do this? Do I have what is required? And those doubts, those situations has come to, to me. So to answer your first question, yes, I've had a lot of moments that I had a lot of doubts, but did I feel like giving up? I don't think so. I did not feel like giving up. The reason being is because when your compassion and your passion is so high, the fear of failure becomes very low. Okay. The reason why most of people are afraid and they are fearful, the fear is high because their compassion, their passion, and also their competence is not high. So when the compassion, passion, and competence is not high, this is low, then the fear will be high. 
So luckily for me, after listening to coaches and mentors, I took massive action and I do not care whether it get me success now or it takes me two months, three months, six months or one year. So that was a very, very good thing that I did. So I'll share one incident with you. It was in April. I forgot exact date, but I think it was April, probably about 21st. I think if I have to check probably about April 21st, 2018, I had taken one of the drastic decisions of my life then. That was the day when I decided that I'm going to quit my job. And oh boy, the day when I made that decision, I had like volcano erupted in my life about all the emotions. So all the emotions that you can imagine, Meenakshi, starting from <laughs> yeah. worried, you know, scared, uh, panicking, anxiety, stressed, all those emotions just erupted. You know why? <laughs> because I was ready to give away one of the biggest addiction on this planet Earth. The addiction of what? The paycheck. Right. They say after the, 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 the cocaine, all the thing, the biggest addiction is, is the paycheck. That's what I you know, heard my, one of my uh, good friend and partner, Ron Malhotra saying that. So biggest addiction is paycheck. So I had to leave that cocaine. And you know, I don't know if you've seen the movie, uh, one of my favorite movies, Sanju, right? In Sanju, if you remember, when he quits the drug, he goes to the, 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 the rehabilitation center. Yeah. You know, he, he, there's a dialogue. You know, body So he's put himself in the bathtub and all. That all that thing. That leaving the job, leaving the paycheck, the addiction is also like that. Your body will do some crazy things. It'll release the neurochemicals in your brains. And you're like, man, what is happening with my life? Uh, so I had that. Um, shocks and uh, tremors in my body or in my mind. And I remember I made, I even documented that particular day, whole day, morning till evening. So if people are wanting wow. to watch that video, they actually go to YouTube channel and say, quit, uh, 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 I quit, bye-bye, Dave Gadvi. So if they search, they will actually see what happened in that day. So I'm just, you know, imagine I'm, you know, at, at evening after I quit my job, I'm standing here in my, uh, in my house and I'm going back and forth, back and forth in my shorts and my, my banyan. And I've just put the cell phone uh, on, the, on the table to capture my, what is going in my head. So I want to document what's happening in my head. So I'm like, oh man, do I have to go you know, quit the job? Or do I have to lose you know, my house? Do I have to go and stay with my mom? Do I have to do this? Well, what happens this? What if I don't get the money because I'm making three lakh? Now I'm all zero every month. Is it going to work? It's not going to work in that moment. There was a small voice which said that, you know what, Dave, you see what is happening to your mind. The Joe is overpowering your Mo mindset and Joe is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. So my Mo started to rise again and said, you know what, Dave, you need to take control. Dave, you need to take control. So I said, you know what? Yes, yes. Let's start with affirmation. And I started saying that, you know what? I am not going down. I am freaking the best-selling author. So I wrote this book, you know, two months back and it had become the bestseller by then. I had a little bit chump change money started coming in. So I was like, I'm a best freaking selling author and I'm going to fucking make it. I will make, I'm making right now three lakh a month. I'll freaking make 30 lakhs. I'm going to make 30 lakhs. And this is, this, this episode gets over. Okay. Yeah. Interestingly, three months later, 
after I executed my first campaign, which was Passion Planner Mastermind. So the first workshop, I go to Gurgaon and I do in Ramada Gurgaon, I approve 60 people, you know, in, in you know, five star and, you know, I don't know, it's four star, five star, but I approve their seats. I pay money from my pocket for their learning whole day. Also sponsor their buffet, lovely buffet dinner. And I was so happy and excited. I went all the way from here with one of my friends, spent a lot of money, stayed in a hotel, almost more than one lakh rupees I spent knowing that I have no money coming and I spent one lakh rupees. I designed a six series workshop, Gurgaon, Pune, Mumbai, Ahmedabad, Bangalore, Chennai. So if every workshop, if I can pick two or three people as my mentee, which can have mentorship fees of like one lakh rupees a, in a, a year, I have 20 people, at least I do not have to worry about my daily expense. So I'll have at least two year, two lakh coming every month. So here I am happy, excited, energetic, and you know, wearing my maroon suit and waiting. It's 10 o'clock. Only five people came and 10 people came. I said, what the hell is going on? I said, let's give more time. 11 o'clock, 20 people. That's it. I said, my God, I've sponsored 60 seats, paying the money to hotel. Only 20 people came. I remember that was one of my lowest point of my life. I went in the corner when they all went for the break. I went in the corner of the hall. I still remember. I literally had tears in my eyes. I, I don't remember, hardly I remember I had, I had tears in my eyes because I'm very strong mentally and I can, you know, take those things. Not that crying is bad or weak, but that was the lowest point of my life and my life was flashing. Is this the end of my life? Is this the end before I even begin? No paycheck coming. How am I going to pay my bills? My, my mom, I have to take care of. I have to take care of my family, my daughter, my wife. I have loans, I had car, I had house. And... I said, you know what? No problem. Just do it, Dave. Just do it. So here's how I overcome it. I look at what is the worst that could happen. I could probably lose my life. I could lose my family. I could lose everything. But yet I'm still standing here. You know what? I pulled myself back up, finished the workshop. Nobody signed. That is a big loss for me. So okay. the biggest, biggest hurdle, I, you know, big, biggest low moment was quitting the job, second lowest. I mean, that was the moment, but it was not like I'm going to quit. But the, the Gurgaon workshop was the painful moment for me, but only the positive thought process and mindset actually pushed me through and push forward. After my words that I said, I'm going to make 30 lakhs within just two to three months, I made 30 lakhs because the next wow. workshop, 11 people said, I'm going to be the, I want to be the mentee because I went back home and fixed a lot of presentation and closing from platform and all the things. So I shortlisted five mentees from there, uh, seven or eight mentees from Mumbai. Out of that, instead of having 20 mentees, I had more than 30 plus mentees, each one paying me one lakh rupees. So what I will make in a year, I made it in just two to three months. Wow. That is like, okay, I made it now. Yes, very inspiring actually. You know, people give up at that point where you did not give up. Like universe tests you on your you know, skills as well and how empowering you can be. If you cannot, then how will you teach that to your mentees? And then you did it. And now they can, you know, see you as a role model. And I hope everybody who's listening can, you know, uh, take inspiration from this story and not give up at any point of time. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know here's what I say. The human potential is unlimited. Yeah. But so is human bullshit. <laughs> 
the bullshit that we put in our head, not other people. So I forget about other people's bullshit putting in their head. Like you're not good enough. They start judging you that you cannot do your passion. You cannot follow your passion. You're marked, you failed in this. You cannot start a business. All the bullshit that other people put in your head, even your bosses, but that's not dangerous. The dangerous bullshit is that we humans create by ourselves. We produce, this is a factory here. Either you can produce bullshit or you can create some beautiful flowers and rainbows that you want. But the beautiful flower garden or rainbows will have weeds, which you need to pluck out. Okay. Because if you don't pluck out the weeds, it'll automatically grow if you don't nurture it. So if you can nurture just these thoughts and the mindset and the follow through to the action, don't just sit there and visualize the law of attraction. You have to take action as well, but guaranteed if you do that, you will surpass your own expect, uh, expectation and you will surprise yourself today. I don't even like, wow, I, I could do it. Like today, I do not even have to go to any job. I don't have to report to anybody. I have no money. I can even retire and have you know enough cash flow for three, three years that can take care of myself, my family, my vendors and, and my team. Like that is like a blessing, but that only manifest once you control your potential, have right thought process and just take massive action. Yes, definitely. Because, you know, the main thing is your mind. If you do not control it, then you cannot do a lot of things because already there's our environment has, you know, taught us to work, be in the job, get a paycheck, get a house, get a family. That's it. You don't have to. We've been, told, we've been bought into somebody else's script. Yeah. Somebody else wrote a script and we're just playing the part of it. Come on, man. That's exactly. our life. We need, to, we need to write the script of our life. Be a hero, heroine of our life. True, true. Yeah. So coming to a point where, you know, um, you made it through all of this. Now let's talk about COVID. Like we were all, you know, all the mentors and uh, mentees, you know, working hard on their passions and everything. And mm -hmm. then COVID happens. People cannot travel, the work stops, uh, people in the job are already panicky, but then people who are having their own things to do are also getting panicky because, you know, it's a big change. Everything stops. So how did that COVID thing affect you and how did you come out of it? What was the solution that you got to deal with the change? Um, that's a very good question. Um, and in fact, I also was worried at the beginning when the COVID was happening and the lockdown was happening. Um, not just worried about the health part, but also worried about what's going to happen to business. Like we had, you know, you won't believe we had plans to go international. We had already a few uh, sessions that we planned for Dubai campaign was planned. We had plans to take our workshops to next level and have thousands of people joining. It. We, I had other plans to go to uh, some big institutes and give keynote speeches, which will give more visibility. Everything got scrapped. Hmm. And then I was sitting there and, you know, thinking, what is to be done? What is to be done? In that moment, if you can learn the ability to adapt and be agile, you can thrive. When most of the people are panicking and worried and stressed out, if you adapt to the new way of doing things and acquire those things and implement faster, you, have, you hit the jackpot of your life. And I think that's exactly what happened with my life, that we went from thinking of doing a physical event to scrapping all the plans, to converting all the physical events into virtual events faster, quickly. And we started running the campaign and it just became super hit because everybody was at home. Everybody's consuming things at, at, you know, at their own comfort and liberty. 
it just became super. So the lesson that I learned was whether in life or business, it is not the strongest or smartest as, as you know, one of the Vince Lombardi said, it is, is not the strongest or the fastest people win. It is only people who believe that they can is other people who win. So when I say who can, you know, only people we believe that we can, we have the ability that we can. And also, I think the Darwin's theory, okay, it's the survival of fitness and all. It's not, it's not the strongest or fastest. It's the, the, the species who can adapt the fast are the ones who win. Sure. Look at the history. What has happened to Motorola? What has happened to Nokia? They stopped adapting. They stopped, you know, becoming agile and looking at the future and they're still stuck in the past. And the people listening to this, the things that you're doing right now may be disrupted in next few years. True. Are you even conscious about seeing what is going to happen five years from now? Are you even conscious about thinking, hey, what if this stops working? What if this doesn't work? The, the things like IoT, right? Artificial intelligence and all the other things, they are actually going to take away a lot of people's job. And more than 40 million jobs are at risk because of this COVID, right? You see what happened right now in, in, um, in India, 2.1 crore people lost their jobs since April till now. Yeah. Why? Why? Because they do not see the future. They do not adapt. They do not build. So here's, here's the reason. Number one, they lived in ignorant world thinking that whatever doing they're doing, it'll be valid forever. Number one. So they stop growing. Most of them, they don't pick up a self-help book. They think it's all crap, man. It's all motivation. Okay. Well, enjoy your mediocre life then, right? Not seeing the future. So they don't adapt. They don't actually see the future. Number one. Number two, even if somebody is trying to show them the future, they are so blinded. They think it's all motivation, gyan, wisdom, coaching, mentoring, webinar se kuch nahi hota hai. Podcast sunne se kuch nahi hota hai. Yeh sab motivation, ra ra gyan hota hai. Tree hugging, woo woo, foo foo. It's all nonsense. That's what they think, right? So they don't listen to the people who have been there and done it. Number three is they don't develop their 21st century vital skills. They're still living in the functional skills of data entries and this, and even people can replace them. Forget about the technology. So if you're not becoming vital in your job or business, whatever you're doing, how do you expect to sustain? You see, historically, the companies would have lifeline of about 50 years or maybe 100 years because the disruption was not happening that fast. Now, an average product would die within, within two to three years or five years maximum. So you see your lifespan of a product is two years. Like if you buy the iPhone, this goes away. One and a half to two years is gone. Next, next mobile, next update, everything. So if mobile is moving so fast, if you don't keep up the pace with your own life and your own skill, you're becoming redundant. So as, as I say that if you're not growing, then you're dying. So I truly believe the Corona is an eye opening for a lot of people that what they did not do for so many years, now they have to do it. It is an opportunity. It is a blessing in disguise for you to grow your career. Okay. Don't go out, stay in the home, stay safe, but still develop your skills. That is the best thing. I have, by the way, one more story I will share with you earlier this year, I got an opportunity to, to apply for dragon 100, which is of my, my mentor, Sifu Danlock's uh, program, dragon 100. 
and the investment for that was 20 lakh rupees wow and in my entire life i've not spent 20 lakh rupees in one program or one course i did few things in chunks 1.6 lakh and 3 lakh and then 5 lakh and you know i did over two or three years at that time i told my brother that brother i'm going to you know i'm thinking of investing in this dragon 100 applying for it is how much is the cost i said 20 lakhs he said 20 lakhs I said yes he said, Dave, you know it, right? We are actually in the middle of a Corona. We are actually, it was about January sometime. And the Corona was just starting January, February. Uh, I said, yeah. He said, do you know what's going to happen? He said, I said, what? what? People are going to panic. Economy is going to go down and money is, is going to be scarce and you have to be in a safe zone and save the money. Um, do, you, do you really think that you should invest money right now? I said, no, that's exactly why I should invest right now. Is because... Most of the people are panicking and retreating and save, 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 save. So if I know what Dan Lok knows, I can have what Dan Lok has. The only way to come out of the mess or a shit is to way forward. You cannot come out of the shit or mess by going deeper and saying safe and being there. The only way out is crawling out of that puddle, right? So this is my approach. They, you know, I said, brother, this is my attempt to move out. What is the worst that will happen? That okay, I may not get the hundred percent return, no problem. But eventually, when the corona goes off, economy opens up, I will get more, you know, benefit. And that's exactly what happened. The twenty lakh investment is what got me today a millionaire status and million dollars. If I would have still kept my 20, 20 lakh rupees. Do you think within six months it will make, you know, not even forget about crores. It will not even double. It will not make, make me 40 lakhs. So this is what I say to people that Corona is a blessing. Take advantage of it. Invest money here so that make, you can make money here. That's the lesson I learned from my mentors. Definitely. And talking about having mentors, like you spent 20 lakhs and, you know, and you hit the mark of becoming a millionaire. So are you going to stop here? stop investing on mentors and how important it is to invest on mentors hell no it is just going to <laughs> upward 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 okay so that 20 lakhs will become 30 lakhs 40 lakhs 50 lakhs one crore eventually but i i know that the only variable that you should be be, be focusing about is time because time is what you cannot control Health, you can work out and you can become, if you become fat, you can become thin by, by working out. If you lose money, you can make money. You can, you know, spend, you know, whatever you want in everything you want with the money and everything that you have, but you cannot win the time back. Okay, you cannot win the time back. So once the time is gone, over. Like today, if you lose the time spending with your daughter, or your son who's growing up, would you get the time back? Absolutely not. So, yeah, once once your daughter is 10 years, you cannot say, you know, let's do reverse engineering now. Why don't you go back to five years? You cannot do that, right? So I realize and I'm very conscious about this. And if you don't move fast and adapt to the new changing situation, you're going to be obsolete and you're going to die. So when I invest in mentors, I'm actually not investing in knowledge. I'm not just investing in their wisdom. I'm not even investing in them. I'm not even investing in myself. I'm investing in buying time. 
So if I can buy time back and today, look, I'm, I'm so comfortable in my life. Luckily touch wood is, is I can not do anything for next few years and I will not have to worry about the money. Imagine the time that I have. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I'll not do, I mean, I, I'll do it. Uh, but, but I have option. I have choices. It's because I invest in my mentors. I learn what they have, you know, what they know so that I can have what they have. So everything that has happened is because of the investment that I made and everything that I'll get, I know for sure it's because of my ability to invest in myself and my self development. So I will never stop. Definitely. And I hope you, you know, grow a lot more, a lot more than you are today. And, uh, uh, one thing about, you know, having mentors, you have met Grant Cardone and you met Shifu Danlock. So any advice from your mentors, that one advice from your mentors that changed your life? Oh, well, I'll give two advices. One is when I was lost, which I got from um, Grant Cardone. Um, the biggest advice I learned from Grant Cardone was um, do not think small, which is think 10x. So 10x, the big, massy, audacious, juicy goals and back that up with the big 10x level of action. That was the first Guru Mantra, which I took it to my heart and I just took massive action. So a lot of people like, you know, uh, maybe, you know, but Dave, I'm in a job. What do I do? Look, I took massive action when job. So start where you are with whatever you have and do whatever you can. It is just the shift of the thought process of taking massive action, having big audacious goals that just took my life to another level. So I, I, I started feeling good because I was taking massive action. My potential was good. And of course, when you do this, your result shows up, right? It becomes better. That literally got me like a blue eyed boy uh, award or in my, in my CEO's eyes at that time. So that was the first lesson, the, the biggest lesson that I learned from Grant Cardone. The lesson that I learned for from my mentor, Dan Lok. There are many lessons, but I will tell you one of the profound lessons I learned recently. He said that your success is not because of you. Your success is combination of you being in the right place at the right time and doing the right things. So it is not your success. It is because of the marketplace. That was so deep and so profound. And I realized that if I become a millionaire, to me, I'm not a money, 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 money minded guy. I, it's good to have money, but I believe that money is a byproduct of the value that you create in marketplace. So when I heard this from him, I realized that is so true that if I would have been in some other country, I would have not been able to do whatever I'm doing today at the scale that I'm doing today and the results that I'm getting today. So it is not me that I'm genius. I'm nobody. It is because I'm in a marketplace and I'm addressing the market's need or, or the pain. I'm serving them at the right time. And the, you know, that's why the result is happening. So I think that made me um, humble and, and stay. I mean, again, I always been humble, but you know, when the success starts coming to you, right, you start flying on you know, cloud nine. Yeah. So these mentors to make sure that you are, you stay check only, you know, not only when you're down, but also when you up to make sure it's so the game is not to, to go up. The game is to go up, stay up and continue to go up. Right. Yeah. 
So if you, once you go up and once you have that ego that develops in you, it's not going to take time for people to bring you down because everything is because of people, right? You serve marketplace, you help people. That's why you, you are who you are. So if people are listening to this is because you're adding value to them because they're getting so much of value. That's why, that's why they're here. You know, if, if they were not getting value, if they were not there, if the marketplace was not there, the people are not there. We are nobody, right? So getting that, making sure my feet are always grounded is good. And actually one more thing he said to me about the success. He said that success burns cash. Okay. Like, wow. See, the, the thing is, I think most, a lot of people may, may relate to it right now. And some of you may not relate to it because when you get some crazy money coming in your bank account, when you get crores coming in your bank account, there's some shift that is bound to happen in your life because you never saw crores sitting in your bank account as an employee. Hardly you can save the same money, which you may you know got from salary for 10 days. Hardly if you can return, does then kill roglo salary to be buddy. Account, account. Um. <laughs> right? So, but, but when you have, you know, that lot of money that you go to the, the next level, by having this realization that, you know what, success breathe, uh, success burns cash. It made me realize that I need to not just make money, but keep money and secure money. Because, and he see, he comes from his experience. He said, like, I made some dumb shit. And when I, I made filthy money, when Dan Locke said, like, you know, when I was 27, I made a million and I spent a lot of money on friends and things and which I not, did not need. So I don't want you to do it. I said, wow, that is so profound. So he, they can mentors keep you driven at the same time, they keep you in check. So you're in balance. So you don't do some stupid shit. So you control your life in, in, in the way it is supposed to be. So that's why I love my mentors. Definitely. That's very important. Like you have all that money and now what to do with that money? <laughs> now you, you know, all the people come party, travel, and you're a traveler. I know it. Right. Which is good. Traveling is good. But you know, you know, if you just go crazy, you know, it's money is not mm -hmm. going to stay with you. You'll, you'll get detailed easily, right? Business is not just about true, going true. up. You'll continue to go up. You can't go down. True. You got to invest too. Yeah. Like otherwise it's all gone. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So coming to the travel part now. So you have traveled the world and uh, you are planning to like with your speaking and your mentoring programs, your planning to go outside as well. So any travel experiences, bizarre, crazy, adventurous, funny, or sad, unexpected, anything that you would like to share with us. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, you know what, honestly, I was the worst traveler and I never believed in traveling until last two, three years. Very bad. Okay. You know, just to give you a background, like for in my entire college, you no, know, till I finished my graduation, I never stepped out of my own, uh, forget about the state. But I did not even go out of my own, um, what do you call it? The district, right? The, the Kutch district. I did not go out of Kutch. I was born in Adipur, Gujarat, right? So I was horrible. And then at that time it was because it was, I didn't have a choice because, you know, we had, we didn't have a lot of money and I didn't have liberty to do that. Yeah. But now looking back, I realize how important it is to have experiences which you cannot get in your same city and same place. You have to go out, whether it's within India or abroad, wherever you go. And at, at the beginning, it started with company paying for my travel, right? So I was traveling Europe and all that. So that was fun staying at company's expense and all that, but it yeah. was not so fun. You know why? 
because you're restricted because you have to do what company says and you have to do you know where you have to go where the company goes and you have to always have the budget like you know you know you can't go to this star and this star and you can be here and all you cannot plan your thing but ever since i started traveling on my own the first time i traveled was uh, on my own i went to vancouver canada which wow. was to meet my first mentor uh, dan lock and it was not just about sightseeing and being there but the best thing that happened is the experience along with learning and meeting some amazing crazy minded people of course dan lock was the cherry on the top but meeting you know people and having that environment itself was wow and i at that time i did not have to worry whether i'm staying you know in a budget hotel or whatever i could afford to pay money uh though it was just the first year in my business but i made sure i book a five star hotel and you know hyatt and stay there in luxury so that was a great experience but i think this is the experience if you're not traveling i i i can assure you you're missing out a lot in life because you're just living in a in a cocoon of your own world right i you know I, it's bizarre that i did not know hong kong and china are different <laughs> i thought <laughs> hong is china china is hong kong but i realized man it's not true i realized hong kong is different and Hong Kong was under Britishers, so now they have their own freedom for they had like freedom for I don't know for forty fifty years. So that was crazy. So I would say everybody should travel. Yeah. Uh, any other experience yeah. that you remember? You know, any anything else mm. that was crazy? So any eating habits or uh, any any other I, cultural or I, I yeah? One thing, and you know, this was me first time going to. uh america right this is the first time ever me and couple of my friends landed in america and um and then we when we when we went out to eat something like pizza or something we saw everybody drinking in it's a it's a it's a you know it's january time which is very freezing cold and snow and new york is very very cold and we saw people drinking cold drinks with ice in it That was bizarre for us. Like you know, India me corn pita yar. Thandi ke mausam me to garam chai hoti hai, coffee hoti hai, mo- you know, mochas hota hai. Uh-huh. They drink with the pizzas. They're having the cold, chilled Pepsi's and whatever drinks and ice. You know, I said, Dad, these guys are crazy, man. We can't do this. <laughs> Two days later, we are the people having the similar drinks. <laughs> the pizzas and it is all normal. I still mujhe nahi samjha till date. I don't understand why these foreigners. drink the, the chilled ice water and ice you know drinks even in the cold weather but i ask few people no i don't know this is how it is i don't know if you know it but it's still a mystery to me i don't know why they do that <laughs> mystery to me as weird it's weird yeah so that was good experience with me any other you know when you travel to dubai so rules change like uh, you're not supposed to cross without you know clicking on the buttons and all <laughs> that, that that is very yeah. stupid funny first time it happened to me in australia like you know i was uh, yeah in europe and australia a lot of people we you know we indians are rule breakers we don't have discipline when we go to abroad <laughs> so several thing happened okay so when i'm walking in europe okay so let's see europe right so i'm walking in europe on a footpath and i i see the guy you know going and you know they they cross me and looking at me stare at me like you know weird thing as in wow what is happening man what did i do i'm just walking on the footpath and one person go by second person go by and like this is same reaction i said what is happening then somebody told me that you're walking in a bicycle lane i said oh god yahan pe bicycle lane hota hai 
<laughs> bicycle lane. We don't have footpath in India, and here you have bicycle lane. So that was a bizarre experience. And one of the in Australia was to cross the road. Also, I have you know we have to wait for the signal to come. Here we go. You know they call you know jaywalking or whatever you know jay or whatever um, yeah. crossing right. So or T crossing. I don't know. They call it whatever they call it. So so I was standing there and then it's okay. I understood that I need to cross only when the light turns green. I'm waiting two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. It's getting crazy. Like man, when would this signal go on? But then somebody came and there was a push button. He pushed it. Then it turned green. I said, Oh, I was waiting here for long. <laughs> I need to push the button to, which shows that I have to cross the lane. I was like, how stupid of me! <laughs> so all of these happened very crazy, really, really. I mean, these are funny traveler uh, incidents that happened with me. It's so crazy. Yeah, this happened with me in Singapore. Like we had to push the button and then we had to cross and then we had to wait. अच्छा सड़क खाली है. We are looking. कि ना सड़क खाली है. Cross कर लें क्या? Why to wait? Why to wait? <laughs> By the way, we got yelled at so many times in New York because New York is just like <laughs> Mumbai, like you know, uh, it gets very hustling and bustling. But the New York is one of the rude cities. Okay, they're very rude, right? They don't wait for you. And other incident is when I'm crossing in Europe or Australia, no, and I'm crossing the road or even a step a foot on the road, the car, even if it's like five, you know, ten feet away, will stop. Wow, this is so crazy! We never do it in India. We fall. Wait, what? What the? And we cross first, but it was so crazy. So we got yelled at many times. In but when New York was different, we got yelled at so many times. People trying to sell something, we don't buy it. You cheap Indians! You never buy anything. Right, all that thing, and and you know, when the tip and all, we do not know that we had to tip handsomely in New York, right? So we did not know the law, and and not the law, but the culture. Like India, yeah. we don't usually keep heavy thing to cars and all those things. But then there, it is a culture. If you don't do it, it's rude. So we don't even know it's rude, and you know we are being rude and we are being yelled at. So that was mystery to solve. Was big big problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other experience really? that you remember? You know. So so yeah, one of one of the incident is um, I had gone all the way from India to Las Vegas. And I was so excited to meet Grant Cardone because I've never met him for last two three years. I've been following him, reading his books, bought his program and courses, and he's changed my life. But I never had chance to even meet him. So when the growth con happened, the next growth con, I I saw you know I I saw that Grant Cardone is staying in one of this 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 floor and he's doing there and because he's at bodyguards and all. So I inquired with from the bodyguard that hey, what time does the Grant Cardone you know come down? Uh, he said around you know eight o'clock or something. I said okay, good, good. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop in the middle, shake hand or whatever it is, and get a selfie with him. So I said okay, no problem. I'll come back. And I came back to the to the, the location at seven fifteen. I said man, I should at least go thirty forty minutes early. So even if they are, I don't want to miss this opportunity because hard to get hold of this guy. So as soon as I went, no security guard. I said what the hell. Like that means that the security guard is not there on the floor. These, you know, the grant is not there. It's like, man, what do I do? What do I do? So me and one of my other colleague and friend, you know, we started just, you know what? He might be maybe in the gym. He goes to gym. So okay, let's go to gym. So we go to gym, and now this is a big hotel. Okay, what is the name? I think I forgot. It's a very very famous arena um, in in Las Vegas. It's a huge 
uh, and Mendelin Bay, Mendelin Bay, right? So in there, like it's a huge, you know, uh, casinos and floors and so many things and, you know, gyms and so many restaurants and stores. Like, I was like, where would we find him? It's like finding a needle in the haystack. Like, you know, so we went to gym. Oh, he's not there. You know what? Maybe even restaurant. Let's go to restaurants. So we look at restaurants, few restaurants, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, he might be on tables. So we went to tables and then look at the tables and all that. So he was not to be found anywhere. And after so back and forth, back and forth, uh, you know, we said, you know what, we'd give up, you know, so Dave, uh, I think I give up. He said, I'm going to be on this bay. Uh, I'm going to sit on this table and play blackjack. So I said, okay, no problem. I'm going to still look for him. Uh, maybe just a little bit if I can. So I saw there was one secluded area. There's only two tables there. Like otherwise whole floor is there like slot machines and all. In that secluded area, there are only two tables. I said, oh, that still looks interesting. Looks like a VIP or something. And as I pass by, I see there's a man sitting there. He's like, oh, Grant Cardone is there. So he was sitting there and playing the cards and he was getting some massage done as well while he was playing. So, and he had two bodyguards, right? And, and just interestingly, just before this incident, when I had crossed him, um, I had stopped and asked, Hey, hey, Greg, you know, can, can, you know, I was trying to pull the cell phone and he was talking to somebody and his bodyguard said, no, 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 he's, he's really late. He's, he cannot take, I said, shit, he can't, I can't take a photo here as well. So bodyguard, I knew that they are the big hurdle right now, right? So I need to dodge these bodyguards. So then I said, I cannot go there and disturb him because he looks tired. He looks busy. So I said, I'm going to wait. So just far little bit, you know, the slot machine. I just pretended to sit there and play something and keep, you know, just seeing if he's sitting there, sitting there, but I got fed up and I got bored there. So I said, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go there. I'm going there. And in this, it just two hours, you know, one hour, two hours just went in searching for him. Then one or two hours went in waiting for him. And I felt like I want to have water. I'm so hungry. It was going, getting so late and dinner I did not have. And I also wanted to go to washroom. But man, I knew it that if I go away from this second, it's a split second that he goes from here to here and then I'll never be able to catch him because at the end of the growth con, it was already over, right? Yeah. So it was the last day. So I'm not you know, able to quite catch him. So I stood there in the way that, you know, I don't want to miss it and I have to hide from the, the bouncers, the, the bodyguards as well. So then after some time, I saw him coming out with his bodyguard. I said, this is it, Dave, this is it. Let's march. I said, hey, Grant. Um, uh, can I have a photo? I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Can I, can I just take a photo with you? I've been waiting here for four hours. He said, Oh my man, you've been waiting for four hours. I'm so sorry about that. Come here. Let's do it. Right. And then he took my cell phone and he, he did the, took the selfie and that was the bizarre experience meeting him for the first time. The same feeling that I had meeting my mentor Dan Locke for the first time. And I shook hand with him from the stage. That was a bizarre experience. I said, man, Mera Safar. Eleta, Safalra, like I traveled more than 30 hours from yeah. India to be there because I had to change the flight and all. It's, it's mm. difficult. And then after this, I think this was worth it, taking a selfie with him. <laughs> yeah, and that he took a selfie. So that's a big, big deal. <laughs> Dude, yeah. wow. That's awesome. Uh, okay, so, uh, well, so let's talk about, you know, time management about your book. Like uh, people say that they don't have time and here you're writing a book on six Sundays a week. So having six Sundays every week. So that's contradictory. So would you like to explain how can anybody have six Sundays a week? That's a very good question. And then, you know, people think that, you know, six Sundays mean like, you know, being on the beach, 
sitting there doing nothing and let the money rain fall, right? <laughs> I know this is the poster I put because I want people to check, huh, what is this? Like six Sundays and what is the money falling sitting on the beach? Does it mean that you don't do anything and money will shower upon you? Absolutely not. Okay. It means that doing what you love doing and you do it when you want, how you want, whoever you want with, you have a choice. And when you do this, the work does not seem like work. The work becomes fun and pleasure. So when, like, I know you're so passionate about this, you know, what you're doing right now, podcasting and interviewing people and you're so passionate. So to you, it is not like, Oh, one more interview, you know, one more call, one more, more, this thing. It's like, Oh my God, I get to speak with somebody else. Who's going to be interesting. I'm going to learn something else. And I'm going to share something. Sure. So to you, it's not work. So when six Sundays we talk about six Sundays means having the choice and doing what you love doing where work is not work. And you can do that every day. Now the second question I get asked often is, but Dave, why not seven Sundays? Why only six? Why can't you seven? And for that, you got to read the book. Okay. For that, there's a secret in this. You got to read the book. Um, so that is the definition of six Sundays. And if you see right now, it's a trend. We are no longer in the stone age. We're no longer in the industrial age. We're not even the IT age. We're not even in the social media age. We're living in the age that I called knowledge zenith age, where you can exchange your knowledge for money and you can automate a lot of things. Yesterday, we sold 100 copies of this book, sorry, 150 copies of this book. Wow. Yeah. So, so imagine, Congratulations. thank you. Thank you. So what is, what does that 150, 50 books mean? Each book also, if even after discounted it was 700 rupees, you do the calculation one lakh rupees in one day. Now I'm not saying every day we sell 150 copies, but every week we sell more than 100, 150 copies. Now imagine what you're doing is you're multiplying the impact that you had by putting a lot of work and effort at the beginning. So when you work smart, when you can exchange your knowledge and your value for money, you no longer have to trade time for money. 80% of the people or 90% of the people on this planet earth, whether employee or even coaches, trainers or entrepreneurs, most of them, when they're starting, they're just trading time for money. And when you trade time for money, of course you will not have time. You may have money, but you will not have time. But the worst part is most of the people don't even have enough money despite trading time for money. So the first thing that I suggest is do not worry about time management right now. For first one year, two years, just think that you're living seven Mondays a week life. Like every day is a Monday for you. When I write this book, it took me two years to write this book. It is not just one day that got me one lakh rupees. It is yeah. two years of effort. The, the first book also one and a half years. So once you do a lot of work and then you learn how you can monetize that work and automate that work, you have ample amount of time to do what you want, when you want, how you want. You see, it used to take me 30 days to make this kind of money that I'm making from a book. And today I don't do 30 days of work and my work works for me. I don't work for my work. My work works for me. Right? So this is my work. This is my book, which works for me. So when you can 
make the work that you've done work for you when you can make your business work for you and you don't work for your business you will have ample time okay and then there are other things right you know do this technique do that hack and productivity hacks there are so many books i'm not going to go in productivity hacks but i want you to understand the mindset stop trading time for money follow what you love and make impact on others and learn to automate all these things so if you follow these three things you will have more than whatever one sunday that you have at least to begin with two three four then eventually five and six sundays a week definitely and any other book that you are working on i am working on a couple of books one of the book okay. is about i've seen a lot of people having the the stress worry anxiety the negative emotions in their life yeah i think i've been fortunate to overcome and subdue those emotion to a very great extent because when you're doing something which is beyond the normal when you're going beyond the comfort zone you will you bound to have those emotions and right now the mental toughness is what is required there will be ups there will be downs life will not change you got to change you got to adapt and you got to toughen up so i'm writing that one book on that it's going to be really amazing some of my secrets i'm going to share how you can build that that mental you know titanium mindset right the how you can build a tough mindset that could be a good name if you have some suggestion guys please reach out to me on that mental toughness i don't want to name the book as mental toughness but i want to do something if you have some suggestion pour in your love pour in your heart i will pick up your title and maybe i'm going to give you some reward just for a good name that you suggest i'm going to give some some free gifts on reward it could be monetary i don't know depending on how great the name is wow. one thing i can suggest is the titanium mindset is something that comes to my mind so i'll it will help a lot of people who want to quit their job to build the titanium mindset or worldly in business because you will need mindset everywhere like in a job or business business goes goes through ups and downs you need to have titanium mindset now the second book i'm writing is is about how you can build, make your first million dollar so i'm going to you know share my blueprint so you see all my books are sequenced in a proper way so first yeah. you need to build a good mindset if you don't have a good mindset you know at least awareness of the mindset this is not going to help then there's a strategy of how you can start building your life which is a blueprint step by step blueprint how you can build a success days a week then again i know once you start doing it you will become weak and you'll have problems so i need to give you a titanium mindset so once you have a titanium advanced mindset this is a startup mindset then advanced mindset once you build the advanced mindset again i'm going to give you strategies and skills to make your first million so if anybody follows my journey right from the first book they can continue to implement and keep growing along with me that's my dream so i don't write a book just for the sake of writing it i don't write a book because i feel that you know something is going to happen you know this is more demand no i i look at what is the gradual progression that people can go from where they are which is my goal is to transform 1 billion lives so i want all the people who are belonging from poor and middle class family to live the life of their dreams for that i do everything because of that i do everything to support that so if there's somebody suggesting something it's not aligned towards my mission i don't do it wonderful and uh, i'll be providing all your links in the description so guys do follow the description and suggest a name for the gift it could be anything so exciting that thank you guys crazy that would be crazy guys and i think if you're listening to this you should go and check out these books it's going to be changing life changing for you guys 
definitely i've read them and it gets us hooked so like super easy and you can you know relate to each step that you have shared the join more story i think so many people can relate to that a lot yeah. of people actually people don't, not give, i saw that this is a story of mine and i can realize <laughs> that i was living with the average mediocre mindset now i'm building my life so everybody said that uh, so thank you thank you yeah wonderful books actually so um dealing with negativity like you're talking about mental toughness uh there was a recent recently you shared a video on your social media i saw it on instagram stories where you were you know holding a lot of money and then you were showing it to the people trying to improve their lives but then there you also shared another story where people were commenting negatively about it so how to deal with that negativity mm Well, interesting. Well, I'm going to go deep into the next book of building the not titanium mindset for this. But but here's the thing: there have been so much of hate against what I have been doing, starting from my 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 message when I started quit nine to five and build the business around passion. Don't live like a donkey life and all. Like, and I don't mean that people working in in nine to five, you know, living like donkey. But I mean people are living and doing nine to five, even if they don't like doing it. That is donkey life. Yeah. If you're nine to five, but you will love it, no problem. That's amazing life. That you're aligned towards the 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 company's mission, vision. You love it and you're passionate about it. But let's accept it. Eighty percent of the people don't like what they're doing in the job. That's why they live donkey life, not knowing what to do, and just keep working hard, 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 and they think that they will become successful. When you do something unconventional, people will start hating you. They initially they will mock you. They laugh at you. okay exactly. then they will they will pull you down okay then you know they will they will unfollow you or become rude or whatever it is and ultimately they'll admire you so there is a cycle if you just follow through what you're doing what you're passionate about what you've kind of committed towards making uh, you know a, a this world a better place and impacting a lot of people's life if you just continue on this journey a lot of people will go from not liking and hating and laughing from there to becoming a fan and people who don't become your fan god bless them let them do what they want they will unfollow you which is amazing negativity i started getting from the posts from from the videos whether it's the the 6 days a week or whether now i got one guy in the us who made a full 10 12 minutes video of me going so deep into the dev is a fake guru snake oil whatever it is i am so happy that somebody at least put so much of effort to do so much of research on me which is absolutely bullshit which he does not know anything about me my story my life he's judging the videos from outside which is it's just funny but it's good sign so first thing i want you to know when somebody is having negative feeling for you it's a good sign they are just trying to show their limitations lacks or inability and imposing on you by pulling you down is a crab mentality when some crab tries to climb up the bucket other crabs will pull the crab down so negativity is a sign of prosperity enjoy and if and here's the worst here's the worst part the worst part is most of the people never get criticized and never have negativity and hate at the in in a bigger volume why because they are trying to fit in they're trying to follow the rules and norms and trying to be likable if you're not there's some quote somebody said that by afternoon if you have not got somebody to hate you then you're not doing something right like you're doing something wrong with your life right 
that itself is says volumes that you are trying to fit in. If nobody see worst thing anybody can do to me is ignore me. Like man, you can't ignore me. Either you love me or hate me, whether I'm showing you money, giving you positive message of the money that you should love money and you should make money from passive income, or you, you think that I am like an egotistical or something like, you know, you cannot ignore some, a lot of people shared more love that, Hey, amazing. Dave, you made, you know, lakhs of rupees just from one book and passive income. Good, good, good. A lot of people, they displayed their own limitation and lack, lack of, you know, money and negative belief that you should not display the money and should lure into it. I said, man, that's your life. I'm showing what is the truth about my life. So first know that they are your friends. They're not your enemy. They actually help you to become better. Second, they display their own projection. If you're not getting more enemies, you're not growing. Last but not the least is use their hate as a power and a fuel to your mission and passion. Take that and convert that into positive fuel to fire that I'm going to show you someday, man. Right? A lot of people did not believe in, in what I was doing, but now they, they come back and say, amazing, man, you've been so true to your mission. So that's what I, how I deal with negativity. That's a beautiful answer. Like haters are also, you know, going to push you up. So don't take it negatively and boost it. You know, take the energy and you also boost up as well. Yeah, Wonderful. Yeah. So any message that you would like to give to our listeners and viewers? I think the, the last message that I want to leave you with is anything that you want in life, you can achieve it by serving people. Everything that I say, forget about it. Don't forget, you know, don't remember six days a week. Don't remember anything. But if you can serve enough people, add value to enough people. And if you do it authentically and genuinely, nothing can stop you from becoming successful. If you're in a job, you see how many people you can serve within the team, the company, with the boss, how you can impact more people. If you're in business, how you can impact more lives positively through what you're doing and serve more people because money is a byproduct of what you do and how many people you serve. Success will come looking for you if you are true to serving people. A lot of people just focus on money, money, money. Look at the materialistic things, keep running, keep chasing, keep chasing, keep chasing. But they forget money comes to them when you make an impact on people's life, add value to people's life through whatever you're doing, whatever you're passionate about, start serving people. Even if you don't found your passion, if you've not found your passion, no worries. Go out there and look for people who you can serve and add value to. Once you find the, the thing, you will start enjoying and that will convert into your passion eventually. So that's the last message I want to give you. Serve, serve, and serve. Wonderful. That's a beautiful message too. And although your entire journey is inspire, inspirational, this message is beautiful too, like to add value in people's life. Thank you. And most of the wonderful mentors, you know, talk about this only yeah. that add value in people's lives. And that's when you will get the value back. True. Absolutely. True. How can uh, people connect with you for passionpreneurship? Like if they want to become your mentees, how can they connect you? And what is passionpreneur? Yeah, the best thing that you can uh, you know, do is first, I, I would suggest go read these books, man. Like you have so much of value in these books. It's not a motivational book, very easy in story. If you want to become a mentee that how can you become a mentee when you don't know enough about me and my journey, right? If I've learned, I've shared a lot of secrets. So start learning from there. 
And then the second step is, uh, I would suggest I do a lot of webinars. Um, join any of the webinar. It's going to be very cost effective. Join any webinars. And that's where you learn the process to become a mentee. And um, yeah, learn, continue to learn from me. And uh, Passionpreneur is all about finding your passion and building the business around it. Not an entrepreneur that he, he or she may or may not be passionate about what they're doing. But Passionpreneur is 100% passionate about finding the passion, building the business around it. If you're thinking that you don't know your passion, these books will give you the direction, give you the answers to the, the, the question that you've been you know, running in your head. All these you know, questions will be answered in these two books. So that's the quick update. Wonderful. And I will be providing all the links to your social media as well in the description below. So do follow, like, comment, share. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. You should watch this podcast. Uh, you're doing amazing. Meenakshi, keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Dev. This was a wonderful, wonderful session and I enjoyed listening to your inspiring journey. Thank you so much for being here and taking out time for Inspiring Explorers. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. And thank you, everybody. Keep rocking, guys. Mediocrity. Kill the mediocrity disease. And make sure you don't forget to read the book. Okay? Definitely. Check out the links and I'll see you on the other side. Thank you. Thank you so much. So this was Dave Gadby's inspiring life journey so far and some amazing travel experiences. And I hope you got some amazing insights and motivation from this episode. Thank you so much for giving your precious time to this podcast. If this episode was inspiring and insightful, please do drop a comment on my Instagram and YouTube at the rate my boho voyage. Please do subscribe and give a 5-star rating and hopefully write a review for Inspiring Explorers. Also, please don't forget to connect with me on Instagram and YouTube. Drop me a hi or send me a comment so that I know we are in this journey together. This has been Akshay Srivastava, your host for Inspiring Explorers, saying goodbye. See you next week with an amazing, inspiring interview. Till then, take care.